Hello, welcome to the Mythology Marksmanship Podcast. I'm Morgan, and I'm here with Runar, who's coming to us all the way from Norway. How are you doing, Runar? I'm doing good, Morgan. Thank you. Good. Well, um, appreciate you coming on. A lot of exciting things are happening, and uh, you're a big part of them. So let's pretty much get right into it. So you are the new... What is your title with the PRS? I am the international PRS director. So I work directly under Ken. And we're supposed to be Europe first, but then you asked if I could just do the whole globe. But we do the rest of the world together. But I uh, focus most on Europe as of right now, but we're going to do the whole world in the end soon. That's awesome. You guys are taking over the world. Yeah, one country at a time. That's right. The Axis powers of the precision rifle world. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. I'm I'm excited to see it because, yeah, well, me and you met at the World Championships, and I think everybody that was there saw how big it could be because of just how excited people are. So yeah, for sure. It's it's cool to um, see that it's starting to it like it's starting to grow. So, yeah, uh, and for for our side in Europe, it was really good to have it in Europe. Really good to get you guys over here. I mean, most of us have been following guys on YouTube and stuff and know the names and, and everything. So, for us to get you guys over and measure up, uh, it was pretty cool. And it, like you said, it was a really cool experience. There's a lot of excitement in a lot of countries and, you know, just an all-around good time. Yeah, it was very, it, well, I don't know. It was bigger than I thought it was going to be, you know? Like, you don't really know. Yeah, same here. What's what you're kind of getting into the first of anything, right? But tell you what, it was pretty awesome. So I know we've talked about that a lot on here, but and just seeing, I don't know. So one of the cool things, just remembering back to it that I saw was the gear that everybody had. There was a lot of gear that was pretty much the same, but then there was a lot of gear that was different, and people were just like a like wow, that's a pretty good good idea. You know, everybody was sharing different ideas. It was cool. So Yeah, like from my side, like I want to see it. I, 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 wanna, I see it from our side. You have a lot of guys in Europe that are like just your little brothers. We follow everything you do and try to try stuff that you guys say work and everything. We know, like I say, your names and the gear and everything. We go through a lot to get it sometimes, but we do in the end. But then the rest of Europe, they're not there. They're still doing more like sniper competitions and stuff like that. And 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 but still moving in the right direction. But they're they're a little few years behind on thinking and how to see the sport and stuff. And it's it's normal. We were there three years behind you guys actually in the start. But you can see it all move in the same direction now. But you really saw that at the worlds that, that like you say, the gear was always same thing you guys were using from you know everything to totally different so it's pretty cool yeah no it it is neat um so as the international director or is it is that what it, yeah the prs international yeah, director yeah, yeah. Um, you guys have been coming out with a bunch of announcements lately um on the prs what yeah. or prs uh facebook has been announcing you know this country this country seems like every other day you guys are adding a new country yeah. to the list. Um, That's correct. So all of these countries, I'm assuming, you're going to have 
a, a a couple of pro series matches in their country. Now, do those count just for that country, or do they count um, for anyone that wants to show up to a pro series match in that country? Yeah, the pro series is going to be like like we wrote. It's just going to mimic the U.S. pro series. So if you look at each country in the, in Europe, more like a state in the U.S. So uh, some states have two matches, some have none. But you you have to travel to shoot the pro matches and stuff. That's my that was my whole goal. I mean, Ken bought the PRS uh, from Shannon. Shannon didn't have like he told when he started expanding internationally, he didn't have the manpower resources to follow it up really. So if guys were just ready to, uh, you know, front the name and do something, he was happy. And a lot of guys did a good job, actually. But there was no guidance or no, he didn't have the, no time or whatever to, to really get into it. But when Ken took over, he got, you know, talked to people and had his own ideas. So he wanted to be more involved with the international side. And But he, then he quickly realized that a guy in the U.S. doesn't really know how a gay guy in Spain or whatever thinks. So he wanted to have someone on this side, uh, preferably somebody who was active and stuff to, to help him run it. And that's where my name came up. I, I've been in the industry. I've been a gunsmith for 17 years, and I know a lot of guys in the industry, both the U.S. side, Europe side, have been to factories and stuff. And uh, I mean, you a lot of the same people. So he uh, he contacted me through some uh, mutual acquaintances and asked if I was interested. And I've been lucky ever since uh, the, the French finale, which was uh, three months before the Worlds, I've been traveling a lot around Europe, in Denmark, uh, uh, Italia twice, Slovakia and now France a couple of times. And in those countries, you both meet local, you know, nationals and other guys who traveled from other countries. So I know a lot of people, lucky to know a lot of shooters all over Europe. So for me to know who is who and uh, who is, you know, pulling in the same direction and wants the same type of sport was really easy, actually. So that was that was his goal to get somebody to understand the countries and, and take them in the right direction because the interest was there, but there was more like, yeah, to say it straight out, no leader or somebody to see the bigger picture in a way. So yeah. That's where I came in. Which, yeah, that's awesome. So it sounds like, uh, the, the series, the, at least the pro series stuff, you know, whether or not you have your own league or not, you can like say I'm from the U.S. and they have a match in Iceland, and I want to go to it. I can go there, and it's an account towards the Pro Series standings. Is that correct? You can have one one score from Europe, yeah, in the U.S. Yep. And same for us. We can use one score from here in the U.S. because that makes it easier for us to join you guys and actually competing for the whole stuff over there in the end. So wait, so, so if, in, even in, if you're in, in, even if you're over there, you have to come over here for two of them. No, 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 no. We have our own series. So our series is just Europe. You know, if you're going to chase the European Pro Series, you have to have two matches in two different countries. So if your country has two matches, you can't shoot both there. You have to travel for at least one of them. Okay. So you just have two matches, two best scores for at least first year, probably first two years. We're going to do the, do the two uh, top uh, two best scores. And then our finale is going to be in May, June, uh, every year, probably June. And that's going to be 200 points, same system as the U.S. So a guy, I mean, a guy can qualify for the finale not even shooting in his own country. Like the Germans, they don't have possibilities of putting on matches. So they're going to chase their points in everyone else, everyone else's country, basically. So I it's like going to be, but it's still, we we have our own series and it's going to be, we have maybe Sweden on board, Norway, Denmark, Denmark is coming on board soon. 
Uh, we have Italia, Spain, France, uh, UK is strong. There's going to be a lot of matches, actually. And we're going to choose. And this also thing we've done that was a big thing for me was to normalize. Because when I've been traveling, I've seen a lot of differences in the matches. Like I say, some countries are two or three years behind, you know, shooting, you know, with a barrel, touching the barricade, 90 degrees, canton rifle, and, you know, from chains and floating boats and all that. The same as was in the U.S. three or four years ago, you know. And, and uh, for us to grow and catch up with you guys, I want to normalize the matches after being in the U.S. I shot the Liverpool Texas match in the finale. I wanted to be sure that's the only thing I'm going to influence with the guys putting on pro matches is, you know, that, that the guy who's traveling from Sweden to Spain, he knows 80% he's going to get stable props. This uh, size is target at least this many stages. You know, it's going to get, you know, the, the core of the match is going to be the same wherever you go. Then we're going to add the flavor of the MD and the country on top of that to get different, you know, yeah. uh, experiences every time. So, Which I like that, you know. I think that's, uh, that, that's needed, you know. I, uh, Clay Blackheader always says, because he's for standardizing a lot of things in the PRS, and he's just like, well, if you go to you know, a basketball game, you know, the free throw line is in the exact same spot and the the basketball court is laser leveled and it's the exact same size anywhere you go. Same with a football field and baseball and all. Well, no, not baseball. See, that's what I like and that's my one argument is I feel like, but, it, but you know, the diamond's still the same, but the baseball field, you know, can be different and stuff. I think there, yeah, yeah. which I think that's where we need to go. We need to standardize a little bit, not too much, right? Like, you know, one or two stages here and there, um, mm. you know, like the peer skill stage and stuff that is pretty much just a standard across the board, which I like. Um, yeah. But like you say, making sure things are practical, right? Like we don't yeah. we don't shoot off of a noose right like that's not practical yeah you know like they don't we don't even or make those hand or upside down in the tube or whatever you know get that stuff out of the way but you still absolutely want to have the flavor of the nba i don't want to go to spain and shoot my match or what i'm thinking as a good state is i want to see what javier thinks is a good stage or david in in, in italy or or andy in, in the uk i want to see how he sees a good match and, and challenge myself there but I also don't want to shoot upside down or lying in the mud to crawl under some wires and stuff like that, you know. That's my whole clue. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that we also have to realize is everybody thinks, you know, a lot of, I, I say everybody, and I don't want to make broad generalizations, but people think because, let's just face it, a lot of people that play this game, um, f for whatever reason, there's a lot of people that are ex-military and uh, some some of those being ex-snipers and stuff. And so they think back to their days in the military and their training, and they think, oh, yeah, that's the type of stuff we need to put in here. And the fact of the matter is is <clears throat> this is really a game. It's not. It has nothing to do with old military training and all that type of stuff. We're not. No, it's a sport. We're not getting shot at, so we don't need to um, have no. a lowest profile that we can so we don't need to shoot with our guns on their side you know things like that like just don't need to happen because we're playing a game you know yeah that and also said, my thing as well a lot of the stuff in europe is still more like you say military stuff 
a lot of physical stuff, run to get your ammo and all kinds of stuff like that. And, and that's, it sucks for a guy like Paul Higley to travel across the country and maybe lose the match because he can't move as fast as a younger guy, but he shoots way better. So try to eliminate uh, a younger guy is always going to be faster and quicker and see better and all that stuff. You can't stop that, but at least not try to set the match up to punish like a weaker uh, guy or uh, you know guy who has trouble with his knee or whatever. You know he is supposed to be able to compete, although maybe not to the same level, but at least enjoy himself and and lose by shooting and not by being able to run fast or whatever. You know that's also a big thing for me. So. Which I, I, I totally agree. These are shooting matches, not physical competitions. That being yeah. said, I advantage Morgan usually in those situations because, yeah, I, when they when they say running stage or something like that, I'm like, sweet, I'm in. But, well, yeah, I like them as well myself. Me and Sindra, we're always going back. You know, the one I'd wonder from Norway. I mean, we're always going back and forth. I and mean, he runs faster than me, but I shoot a little bit faster. So when it's running stage, we're the same, basically. But he does run way faster than I do. I mean, he has 20 years on me and uh, some pounds as well. But, but I mean, for the for, for us, it's fine. And I don't mind. Uh, but but when I... You know, the big thing for me was when my wife started shooting with me. I saw that her physique... She shot like a you know monster. She's good follow-through and technique and everything. It's pretty cool. But she was slow. She was slower than us. So she was losing points because he didn't get his shots off rather than missing those shots. And also another guy, very good friend of mine in Norway, he was a really good shooter. Uh, he lives out west. But, but, I mean, he was also being held back by... He's a bigger guy. And I think, okay, of course we can't change the whole sport for that. But at least try to minimize it. So, so uh, the best shooter actually wins. But it's always going to be... I mean... Being like like Hale said in this uh, one uh, podcast I heard, I mean, being in physical shape really does help. It does with everything. Same here. Oh yeah. So we can't eliminate it, but at least reduce it to a sensible amount, in my opinion. Yeah, which I agree. I'm I'm the same. I have the same mindset, and I think a lot of people do. They they're like, okay, this is way more physical than F class, right? That's just you're not getting around that. Uh, oh, never, yeah. never going to get around that. But we don't have to we don't have to focus on that part of this game, right? We can focus on the shooting and let the positions and all that other stuff normalize and and uh and do it. You know, make it make it to where we got enough time for, you know, bigger guy or younger person or, you know, someone that a little bit newer. They get through the whole thing. That's fine. Yeah. But, but make it to where yeah. a guy that's um in physical shape, I mean, yeah, he's probably gonna have an advantage just because physically, you know, he can do things a little bit faster, give him some more time on the trigger, stuff like that. That's okay. That's just the way things are gonna be. So yeah, I I agree. I feel like uh it's just you you can't eliminate that completely, but I think it should be minimized. Um yeah. Yeah, so I, I – and, you know, from time to time to have a stage in there that's a little physical, you know, one or two stages a match, I'm okay with that too. You know, like if you want yeah. to have one – but not make it to where – like you talk about running for ammo. Make it to where it's, you know, run for a mag, Uh, you know, yeah. not run for every round. You know. Like we did in the – I did in Viking Trail. I did a stage where you run first, you ran – and you got four rounds, 
then you ran and got three rounds, and then two, and then one. That made it so everyone got at least seven off. Then the two, three last rounds weren't that big of a difference because the faster guy only got, if he got all out, he only got like a three-point advantage instead of maybe getting a five or six if both hit everything, you know. See, that's a Paul, so or that's to, a Paul Dowd get... special right there. That's what he does. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, that's his yeah. favorite thing. Uh, I mean, that, he does that, that, that all that, the time. Like, that, then... if you're fast or good, he he yeah. makes it to where it's less like people are like oh my gosh you're killing you well he's like well but if I if you think about it if you read my course of fire really the beginnings like in the beginning you get more and then it slow like the advantage of being fast or good goes down just like you say it, like the last yeah. couple of runs back are decreasing in value. And those and those one or two points for the fast guy can't be really important. We see it all the time. One or two points can win the whole freaking series, for that matter. Yep. So it does matter, but it doesn't ruin the weekend for a slower guy, you know. Yeah. So you can still have the fun of moving and being fast, and you know, a different element of being quick uh, to get ammo and and either load your mag or whatever, and still get your game plan with wind and all that stuff in 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 there as well. So it's a definitely a good skill to have. But you don't need to punish the guys too, yeah, too yeah. much. And I'm glad y'all you, you are thinking about that. I've thought about how to standardize things. Um, a lot of people have. I think there's some good systems in place um, to make target sizes a little bit more standard because I feel like that's one place where where uh, it's really difficult um for some match directors to get right i don't know why um yeah it's just really because a lot of times you go to a match and it's really small all of them or it's Mm -hmm. really big all of them or one stage is small next stage is big and next one's microscopic you know like it just like we just need to i feel like there is a need to to run something that does a better job, a better system. I feel like Brian Neese and Seth Howard have a good system in place. Um, I also feel like Clay Blackketter has a good system in place, and there are several match directors that run his little system um, that he talks yeah. about. Um, like Beamer does a good job. Ken does a good job. You know, like they just – there's some good match directors out there that really know – or that really take some time and put some thought into it. I feel like Seth and Clay and all them, they end up coming up with very similar numbers in the end. The way they go yeah. about it might be a little bit different, um, but either way, yeah. they're putting thought into it. And so, like this, the targets are um, are becoming a little bit more. I don't know how to explain it. It's it's tough, but yet fair. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh, but throughout the whole match, right? That's a big thing. Yep, pretty much like across the board. Mm. Like there's some that are going to yeah. be a little smaller, some that are going to be a little bigger. But pretty much, if you go shoot the match, it's going to be uniformly difficult, which is uh, not very easy for a match director to do. And I feel like if oh, if, no. if I don't know, this is something I think uh, um, has been talked about. I don't know if it's going to be implemented or whatever. But I really think that there should be a almost a match director training if you want to put on a pro match you know they could set up a little zoom thing to where you know you have certain people um match directors talk about their system 
of coming up with target sizes, coming up with stages, what are good stages, what are bad stages. I feel like that would be a great thing to do and to offer really um, whether to whoever that is putting yeah. on a match because I feel like it would just – the better that we make these matches, the better the um, – whether it's, you know, in France and Italy or Czechoslovakia or wherever you're shooting – or if you're over here in America, it doesn't matter. It's awesome to be able to show up to a good match. And like you say, that's the same, you know? I think that, yeah. to me, that's the number one thing. Uh, like when you talk about having a good match, you talk about stable props and all that stuff. The props really don't have to be that stable. Like, I know we talk about that, but they don't. Like, but, you know, not not ridiculous, but if you can use a tripod and there's enough time, like if the match director knows, okay, yeah. the this That's this this sucks, this position sucks, but you can use a tripod or you can you can do this no. to get around it. That's okay. Um, yeah, there's certain things that maybe it would be okay to not see anymore. But either way, if you can make it good and it's not unsafe to be shooting off of, then I'm okay with it. Um, but if the target sizes are uniform. Or not uniform, but like um, thought about, right? And even yeah. I don't yeah. know. I know people like worry that it's too hard for other countries and stuff. And I, and in my mind, I hate that mentality because I feel like, for one, anybody that shot with Scandinavians knows that uh, an American match is not too hard for an, a European because mm-hmm. Scandinavians are good shooters. And 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 I say that. And I should I should extend that to really um, South Africans, uh, um, Australians, like, uh, and there's plenty of people just scattered across Europe that shoot good. Uh, great Britain, you know, some great mm. shooters there. Yeah, Justin Martin. Oh yeah, for sure. I always call him Justin. It's Josh, isn't it? John, Josh, yeah, Josh. <laughs> I always call him Justin. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so... I guess we'll call him Justin from now on, then. I've been, dude, I've been doing that for a long time now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing that next time I meet him as well. Oh, but anyways, point is, is I feel like a tough match, a better match, is just going to make everybody better um, across the board. So that's my own opinion. Oh, yeah. Sorry for my soapbox. Yeah. No, no, no. I agree, I agree with you, and I, I understand completely what you're saying. And and a lot of the guys um, I talked to that shot the U.S. finale. I mean, I, I thought it was perfect the target sizes and everything. And you, if you think about the stages there, you know, there's definitely an advantage to be quick, but it didn't have to be. And and the targets were all, you know, just a really good match. And I mean, it wasn't. You could you could shoot. You could find that pretty close to that. Not the not the range, but the match itself. You could shoot see that in Scandinavia. We don't have, um, you know, anything less or more than that. It's just it's it's become really much the same. So that's really good, actually, in my opinion. So it's, yeah. the timing is perfect for the pro series for the guys in the US to be able to, uh, you know, look over here and see what we're doing. And even if, when that's also the reason I put the, our finale, the European finale is going to be like in June or something. So it's going to be offset from the US finale. So a guy like yourself who wants to challenge, you could just do that, or not just you. You could try, you know, fly over and shoot our finale, and then you get all the best guys in one place. Same as for us going to your finale. You know, you you can measure, and, and you know, in your words, kick our ass in one place. You know, and at least try to 
So that's also my goal that that is going to be easier, you know, for the U.S. guys to understand it over here and the, and the European guys to be able to chase it in the U.S. because it's more and more of that is actually happening. So it's all the goal was all along to just to intertwine it more and you know bind it together so we could all, you know, growing further and have more fun together. Yeah, well, I think it's, I think it's awesome, um, and it only make things better the more that we come together. So I'm I'm yeah, pretty excited sure. about it. So I know I'm sure all the Scandinavian countries are in. I'm guessing um, yep. France. It looks like in. I'm just thinking of the countries that are in Great Britain. Already has yep. the PRS, yep. uh, the Czech Republic. Yeah, they're I did, in. Uh, I'm in communication with the guy there. He was shot your finale as well. So he's a good guy. Italy. Italy is on board. Um, Switzerland is going on board. Oh, Switzerland is, huh? Yeah, they they're gonna try to have a match like in the, in the Alps. Some it may be maybe twenty five, some twenty two stuff and twenty four, and get it sport to the point that when they can host like a, a center fire in one of the military ranges in the mountains. So it's going to be all high angle and stuff. So it's going to be if they get that going, it's going to be awesome. So that's awesome. And then Iceland, mm. which is surprising. I didn't even know they shot in Iceland. Besides moose. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then um, Australia already is on board. They've been on board for years. Yep. And, um, then Doing a good job. Yep. New Zealand, are they? New Zealand is on board, and uh, there is some activity there. We need to. We're working with those guys as well. And, and, and the guys in the U.K., now in, um, in Australia... They only have square ranges, but the New Zealanders have field style stuff. So they expressed interest in working together, making like you know, like a regional between those two countries and stuff. So that that's pretty cool for them, I guess. That is so, cool. Yeah, New Zealand, yeah. they're pretty I, much all limited to six hundred and in and square. If yeah, I understand correctly, that's true. One, one direction, just square stuff, six hundred yards and in. But still, I mean, you can do a fun match, but you're gonna miss the miss the field stuff. The field stuff is the most fun. We only do field. We just some farmers go on the top of a mountain, put up stages and shoot. You know, that's ninety percent of what we do. That's what we do so on the west side of this country, and then the east side yeah. of the country, it's all square. So we get both here. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so I understand them that they want to work with the New Zealanders and have both because that's. Also to grow and everything get better. So it's, I mean, I understand it completely. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. Who else was did I see? Oh, Spain. Mexico just got announced. Oh yeah, Mexico. Spain is going to Javier in Spain. Yep. And, and, and Mexico, and we even signed Brazil now. And uh, Brazil crazy. is. Uh, I, I mean, they have a lot of restrictions. Those poor guys, guys on ammunition. I mean, the match there is like between twenty-five and thirty rounds because they can't buy anymore. So for them to get all us on board and uh, the, both the worlds and everything happening, it's going to make it easier for them to become like a legitimized sport so they can have bigger matches and, and get a, be allowed to buy more ammo to shoot those matches. So it's, you know, baby steps and everything in the right direction. Then, then they have Paraguay and Uruguay as their neighbors. And both of those countries have a lot freer uh, gun laws. So you can have more guns to shoot more, and uh, and the guy in uh, our contact in Brazil is going to talk to those guys. So I mean, it, it, we are going to get way bigger all over the world. It's going to be awesome, and maybe we'll have like yeah, it'll be cool. It's exciting to see that. Yeah, well, uh, I think so too. 
we're missing a couple of continents, but pretty much we're getting there. Yeah. Like we're. I mean, we're Thailand around. is. Uh, they have. They have IPRF affiliation in Thailand. They're putting on pretty cool. Thailand. Boxes. I've seen some pictures from there. Yeah, in Thailand. Yeah. Wow. They that's have iconic boxes and stuff, and cool props. And I mean, three guys from Thailand contacted me after this year's Viking Trail and asked for spots for next year. I said, can we borrow guns because it's difficult for us to travel, but we'd love to come. I was like, holy crap, that's cool. So, I mean, it's, it's growing everywhere, so. I think that's neat. I think it, I think the borrowing guns thing is cool, too, because it might be nice yeah. to have, um, well, I mean, we all have extra guns, so borrowing guns should be a no-brainer, easy. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, mm. Man, yeah, that's it's exciting. That's um trying to think of who we're missing, but we might. But, yeah, it doesn't matter. Either way, if you're interested in knowing who is coming on, uh, watch the Facebook and Instagram page for the PRS. Um, seems like every other day some country is being announced because Runar is working his butt off to get these countries on board and, and uh, helping to expand our sport worldwide. You know, we think about growth all the time and – how to grow the sport, how to grow the sport. And really, I think um, the big thing is, uh, well, it's super easy for Runar to grow the sport because he, uh, he just gets a whole, well, I'm just kidding, it's not easy. But but at least uh, you don't think, we think of it as growing it locally and how to get your buddy into it and stuff. And uh, this is a bigger deal because once you open the doors in these other countries, it makes it easier for growth to happen in those places. It just happens naturally. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, and, you know, for... And I've seen it a million times. You just need one guy who asks for the affiliation who starts running it. Then the guys in the country get excited about being part of this because it's something cool and they see on YouTube and the internet. Then a neighboring country thinks it's pretty cool and they start asking questions. So... It's just a matter of, you know, starting somewhere, even though it doesn't matter how big or small you are, just start somewhere and, and, and you know, start pulling in one direction. I mean, my whole goal with uh, Viking Trail was, it literally started when I was look, listening to John Pins and Jake and the VP, and it was like, imagine shooting like a three-day match or a four-day match or something, and who is the best guy in the end? I was like, hmm, I have three ranges. We can put on a Viking Trail three matches. And maybe one of those guys will see that match in the end and travel over and shoot it. That's how it started like three years ago. Yeah. So now, now we have uh, this year we had sixteen nations. We had you know uh, Brian from Lone Peak shot it, and Ryan from NTT, and then uh, you know shitload of guys from UK and all over the country: France, Germany, Italy took the trip, Slovakia. We were all over the place, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, no. And you I... see, it's town as well. We we had four guys from Iceland series as well. Uh, who's been, they they've actually done two series, two complete years now with uh, Atlantic champion all that stuff. But when they came over, just to learn, just to see a big match, see the people, get to know people, be involved, you know. So it's, I mean, the mentality is right there, and they've grown, you know. And that 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 applies to other countries as well. But because I'm from Iceland, actually, so I really know, you know, I've been including a lot of the growth there as well. So it's pretty cool. So yeah, no, I I I think it's awesome. I do I do think you know you keep saying YouTube and stuff, and I think people don't realize. Well, maybe people do, but I guess maybe I I uh, I don't um, think about it that much. You know how big YouTube is for like the growth of the game, um, just because anybody anywhere can see the videos you put out there, and it's crazy how um, 
how much people watch that stuff and they're like, wow, that's cool. We should do that. And how that's, you know, sparked interest in other countries for our game, which I've thought about a lot. I really think that there needs to be a way to make it, make this game more consumable. I think some people, there's been uh, flashes of brilliance um, on YouTube where people make a certain video here, a certain video there that are really neat and super easy to watch. But I feel like a lot of times, just because of the nature of our game, unless unless you're like super into it, it's hard to watch because you don't understand what's going on. And I really feel like there's yeah. there is a way to make it more consumable and to watch to like make these events um, easier to watch. Um, but I don't think it's been um, perfected yet in the least. I, I don't even think it's even I don't even think anybody's attempted to do it yet. Hardly, you know. I think I think some of the good videos out there are almost accidents. Not really, but but they're they're definitely. Um, it's not like they were thinking about how to make it um, a consumable across the board. And I've done a lot of thinking on it, and I really think that somebody, I hope that somebody can come up with a better idea. I I have some ideas rolling around, but I don't have the the video videography skills and all that to really implement it. Um, so if anybody ha is a videographer and wants to uh, chat and, figure out how to make some of these events better because I think I think or at least the videoing of them better I think it would be um, really awesome to implement I've thought about I don't know myself I've thought about making a YouTube channel and like making videos and stuff but man I don't know how to run a video camera I'm lucky enough to be able to run this audio equipment you know <laughs> without hurting yourself right yeah that's uh, right like I've, I just but, about but got I mean, electrocuted this morning and starting this up. Because <laughs> you're still with us, then. But uh, but I agree with you. It's difficult. <laughs> like it is set up. The whole thing is to make it watchable. But if you burn enough for it, you find a lot of good stuff on the web. I mean, your video with Anarchy Outdoors is really good. And then I mean, I watched Dave Preston shooting uh, the outdoor channel. I don't remember which one it is. Like probably twenty times. And then Clay Blackadder does his video when he shoots. Uh, uh, KYL rack, you know, there's always some stuff you can pick up if you burn for the stuff. But it, it, it's, it's, it doesn't take, it doesn't grow with in a way, it just helps the guys who, you know, live for it in a way. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. Like ma making something that people can follow, they can cheer for a guy, cheer for a shooter, have the favorite shooter. I mean, that's what all the other sports build around. It's like a, either a character or, or, uh, or a favorite shooter, or a bad blood, or whatever. We don't have a lot of bad blood, so we don't want that. But you know, like something interesting that people can follow and and, and have a reason to turn it on to watch. That's the point. That's what we need to get to, basically. So. Oh yeah. So, I guess the um, what I've thought about, and maybe you maybe you could uh, tell me if it's a bad idea or not, just because I've thought about it a bunch, is. Uh, I really think, and may, and I think I might have talked about it on here, but have you ever watched Archery? No, I haven't watched a lot of Archery, no. Okay, well, it is cool, especially like the 3D Archery events over here. They, they're pretty neat, like the Unknown Distance ones and some of the others, the, even the Known Distance where you can have a rangefinder. Really cool um, to see. So they're just animal targets, um, and they have like an, a 10-ring... And it, it, I think it goes 10, 9, 8, 
and then outside of the eight ring um, is six. I'm, with the, anywhere on the body, I think is six. And then up in the top corner, like right on, right up on, almost on the top line above the front shoulder, there'll be a little tiny ring up there, and it's the, like the 12 ring. And uh, so anywhere around it is six, but there's just this one little 12 ring. So if you want to go for bonus points, you can. Well, mm. it's it, the way they do it, they shoot their entire match, right? Like, say, if it would be like us, they shoot 18 stages. They would be like them shooting 18 stages, and then they get done, and then they have, like, the little arbitration period and stuff, and then all the scores come out, and they say, okay, this is the top 10. They take the top whatever, I don't know, 6, 10, and those guys go into the shoot-offs. And that's what you see on YouTube. You don't see the other 18 stages. You just see those. And 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 I've thought about this because people are like, well, what about the points for everybody else? It's like, well, you stop that match. That match after 18 stages is over. 11 through 150 or however many guys are there, that's the points they get. They got their points. But now we're going to go figure out yeah. where everybody else is and figure out their points. And uh, their, their points is going to be sorry, sorry to interrupt you. So their points is going to be uh, their uh, points from the 18 stages versus the highest point for the 18 stages. That's the match, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you don't so have the to guy worry. Wins with, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so the I'm guy that goes and wins the match, he's going to get 100 still. And then they'll, I don't know how we would break down the two through 10, but 11 through, 11 through, uh, um, 150 or whatever, their points are only based on the first 18 stages. So if the winner was a hundred or had 180 points after 18 stages and 11th had 160 points after 18 stages, his score would be 160 divided by 180. That's his points. Right, yeah, yeah. not yeah. not after shooting two more stages in the shootoffs or whatever, but so I think yeah. I've okay. thought about this. I'm like, man, it would be easy for you know, like now we we know, okay, in your matchbook we have the shootoff stages already there. You know, whatever arbitration's happening, so anybody who thinks they're in the top ten can get ready for those stages. Um, you take the top five and then six through ten and put them in their those two squads. And have two stages ready and set up right by the awards, you know. Like, uh, if you think about the finale, where we shot, um, signed up could be the where the awards are. And and uh, the pavilion where we zeroed, you could have two stages run uh -huh. right there. Well, everybody is waiting for awards anyways. And there, well, you could have somebody and just have like a little MC, a little announcer talking about it and basically don't i wouldn't run them maybe you could run them simultaneous but i would i would run it like one guy then the next guy and so you alternate who's going so as soon as the one guy's done you start the next dude right um and uh but you're alternating which stage is going on so because you got two stages and so it's and then this guy would you know he's got an hour to sit and google facts about each one you know each guy real quick because you only got 10 guys you just got to figure out where they're yeah. at in the standings a couple of things about what they've done and you know so you sit there and you talk about what they're they're done where they're sitting in the deal 
and so that people can understand what's going on. Then I would have phone scopes on, you know, there's a lot of spotters going to be there. It, if it's a troop line, you know, you got five spotters with, um, with phone scopes up there and, and you put those up and you, uh, basically, um, have those all recording. And so when they shoot through it, you, you can, you can watch everything you can, so that when you put it on YouTube, people will be able to see, you know, every shot being taken at every distance and see where it hits everything i just think that would yeah be... and you get the story behind the guys as well i mean this is morgan he's, a, he's one of the best to do it every time blah blah this is runar he's never been here before what is he gonna do against a big man and oh no he he won this good story or he fucked up he lost you know you can make a narrative so people can follow that half an hour or an hour long episode with all the shots all the guys how they got there why they're there and then you get the phone scopes and everything. I mean, you, you saw the interest from the shooter's mindset from the AG Cup. I mean, I watched a lot of videos. I was getting texts from guys in Norway. Did you see that? Did you see Morgan shoot that or Austin shoot that or whatever? So, I mean, the interest is definitely there. It just, just, just to have a format that, you know, attention span for people isn't that long now. So you have to make it interesting and get their focus long enough, basically. So short enough, but good enough. It's, it's different yeah. fast, but it's definitely doable well, with that format, like you're saying. It has to change... Sure. It has to constantly change it to keep keep to keep people interested. It has to it has to be fast paced. It has to be like you can't you can't have a bunch of just dead space like where people are just waiting to, for the next shooter. No, you got to have a guy talking and saying you know ribbing a guy or you know giving him crap or s- talking him up, doing something in the meantime. You know, and then these yeah. other guys. You gotta know it's gonna happen fast. Like when you go up there, you better have all your dope, everything ready to go for both stages, because we're gonna blast through this. And uh, because but again, th- that shouldn't be a problem because it's the top ten guys from the match, and they've probably shot a lot of matches. You've done this for a while, so that shouldn't be a problem. Well, yeah, and 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 the fact that you basically have an an hour or so probably to break everything down. Um, or to and to arbitrate the scores so that you have the right ten people in the deal. You also have and for the match director to come up with the scores, right? Um, yeah. And then you have, um, you know, everybody's putting their gear in their vehicles and getting ready to come over to the awards place. So, like, you have all that going on. So to get everybody gathered up, you know, you're probably gonna have an hour, and whoever's in the top ten or we're going to be in the top 15 or whatever can be getting ready for those stages so that when the scores come out and they realize they're in the top 10 they're ready to go and you already have those yeah. stages set up <laughs> so the guys can go oh, over yeah, there and get ready so. you know yeah. so like it's mm-hmm. like it's like boom okay we're going to start and this is who we're starting with you know and you just away we go and then when we're all done everybody can sit and watch and watch the guy you know a guy might be able to come back from, you know, third or fourth place and come in and win the thing, you know, and that's pretty yeah, exciting so to be able to watch. So you take the points from the match? Well, so I would, if, uh, you could, yeah, you're basically, point lead. yeah, so you're, you're keeping the same scores. Like, I would probably just do it where, well, you could do it however you want, but, you know, if if it was, say, first place had 180 when it start when it when it when the match stopped and 10th place had 165 when the match stopped well then first place would start with a 15 point lead 
Yeah. Basically, and so that's only fair because otherwise the match would come down to two stages, and that's not ideal. No, 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 no. You know, you have to be able to retain your gap. But but say second place yeah. had a hundred and um, seventy nine points, then basically yeah, yeah. Uh, last place, so tenth place would start with zero points, and first place would start with fifteen, and second place would start with fourteen. You know what I mean? But then, if the next guy was um, um, 175, then he only starts with 10 points, you know. But yeah, yeah. but still, you know, if a guy makes up five points in that deal, he could come out the winner. It's the same as starting with all the points. It just might be easier to to math it. But yeah, however oh, yeah, you want to yeah, do I agree. it, oh, totally. I just don't see oh, totally. the I don't see the advantage of of trying to extend from 180 or whatever. You can. But then it's like it doesn't look good. Oh, you don't have to. It doesn't look good if you're like if the the you know 160 is was 11th 11th place, and then you're and then you're tell or and then you're saying, well, these guys had 200 and something points after it was done. It's like, well, yeah, they did, but they also shot two more stages, you know. So it might be. I think everyone would be aboard with something like this. I mean, this actually, this is a really good idea. This would make it really compact in the action. And if you think about this, like American Ninja Warrior or something, it's all about short stories and a lot of action, not a lot of wait time. So you'd have the exact same thing, just shooting stages in between, you know. So it's. Yeah. It would be pretty cool. I think that would work. Yeah, troop lines might not be the best. That's a good um, idea. The, might not be the best. Uh, thing for this format the first place i really started thinking about this was at the world championships watching the shoot-offs in the end i was like okay oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. this is this is it like right here we got to have this we got to yeah. video it it's exciting it's watchable it, you could youtube this shit um because yeah. you could have a, we could have had a, a spotting scope up there that even had all three targets in the thing and then oh, watch yeah. them okay. do it you know what i mean and i i just feel like hmm. It wouldn't be that hard. It would take a little bit of effort on the match director's part to like think about it. Like, okay, what would be a good stage? You know, this is where um, a good skill stage or like a few skill stages might not be a bad idea. And you could run some uh, or shoot off stages. Coming up with shoot off stages. I uh, yeah. These are other things that have rolled around in my brain because it's like, well, you could give them the shoot off stages. Like, give the match directors. Here's the stages that we, you know, here's a list of five or six shootout stages that are tough, that are easy to watch, that are really cool. They incorporate, you know, multiple distances that aren't too far away, so mm. we can put them all in one spotting yep. scope field of view. Um, here's the ranges yep. we'd like to see them at, you know, whatever. And, uh, mm. you know, so it's not terribly hard to edit. If it were all in one field nope. of view, it would be really easy to edit. Um, whereas if they were, if they weren't, it's a little bit harder. Um, not that I know that much about it. Anyways, I don't know. I, I get excited about this cause I'm like, man, dude, it would be like, I'm, I'm selfish cause I would like to watch it myself. If somebody could uh, yeah. come up with a format like that, that would work. I mean, that's essentially the archery shoot offs are a lot like that. Um, I think you know, some people might not like it because they'd be like, well, frick, I only got to shoot 18 stages and these guys got to shoot 20 and I want to shoot 20 and I want to be on video. It's like, well, I understand all those those feelings, but at the same time, it really wouldn't change 11th through 150th match that much. The only difference is, is that we got to have something that 
that uh, showcases the best in the game, right? Because that's what that's the most interesting thing. No, um, it's not interesting. Who was it the other day I was talking to? I was talking to somebody. They're like, it's not interesting to watch. Um, so no, it was you. You're like, it's not interesting to watch. You know, your grandma drive around the corner because you know how to do that. But but somebody that's you know the top of Formula One, that's interesting to watch that guy drive around the corner because you're like, holy frick, how did you do that? You know. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was a. Point. I agree. Yeah. So, anyways, I think that'd be cool. And then, then with that, if you could make something you could sell that is interesting and stuff, then you would get more money, and then you can implement like Arsenal Gaines' idea of you know giving more credit to the lower uh, divisions. Yeah. Add even more people to the game, so it would all hand go hand in hand basically. Because I thought also that was a really good idea for him. To you know, give the guys who are not always at the top more to fight for, more more bone, you know, more than just the bone, a little bit beat on the bone, just to keep more people around in the sport for a longer time. Oh yeah, well so you have to figure out how to spread it, right? And the big thing is, yeah. I think um, we gotta increase exposure to these sponsors because these sponsors are are continually just giving and giving and giving to our game and by that you know it costs them a lot of money and so they're investing into this game sometimes just because they love it and not always because they're getting more exposure um and i really feel like that if we do something to increase their exposure and they they get an roi on the on the investment then they're gonna then they're gonna just give back more and more because they're already giving and they because they love it. Now they're giving because it's an investment, and I feel like that's huge. I feel like people will, uh, well, companies will, if they can get some return on investment, yeah, they're definitely going to keep giving. And then it's going to grow our sport. There's going to be more money in the game, everything. We'll start getting sponsors yeah. that, you know, that are outside of the shooting world because there's a reason to do it. And people are just going to get more and more into it. I mean, in just in America alone, I can't remember how many new gun owners there are, but it's crazy how much, um, like shooting sports and and just gun ownership is growing right now. You would think that it would be doing the opposite, and it's not. It's going the other way. Mm. More and more yeah. people are getting guns. More and more people are seeing the value mm. in it. Yep. So yeah, no, I agree with you. And I feel because like, I don't know to hear you talk, and you're like, man. You know, I watch this video or that video, and that's helped me with this. And then you hear about different countries are saying, well, that's cool, and I saw it on YouTube, and that's how they're getting into it. It just shows you how important that is and how maybe we might look overlook it because, you know, we don't always need to go on YouTube to do it. You know, I can go to a match, and go. me and Austin can go talk about certain things and watch each other shoot, and not everybody has that opportunity. Oh yeah, that's a good idea too. So yeah, so people coming over, well, and then and then pretty soon you get more people into it, and then pretty soon they're showing up and whooping your butt, and then it's we're all getting better because some Joe Blow from oh, yeah. uh, Uzbekistan or whatever says, "Hey, <laughs> I'm gonna start shooting this game," and then there's a prodigy, and then just whoops us all. Yep. So, and then we all have to get better. It's gonna happen. Oh yeah, you can see it in the. MMA and all kinds of stuff. There's always a bigger shark in the end. So it's, it's yeah, there's going to be somebody from the Ural Mountains 
of Russia get into yep. it, come over here and whoop us all. I can't, I can't remember what that guy's <laughs> name sure. is, but he's, yeah, amazing. You mean, you mean Khabib? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy. Where that is he guy. from? He knows what he's, uh, he's from, uh, you know this. Not Kazakhstan. Is it no. Kyrgyzstan? Something like that. It's like the one straight below Russia, right? Right above Georgia? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Close to Georgia then. Yep. I should know this. I yeah. watch that stuff, but I, it's out of my mind. I'm thinking about your solution for getting more people to watch, so I, I don't, my brain isn't working. Yeah, that's okay. No. I uh, <laughs> I hope people are thinking about this and... um. I hope I hope people are like, nah, that's a dumb idea. We should do this, or you know, because I because then people are gonna be thinking about it, and then one of these days we're gonna have something, and it's gonna get better. So I, yeah, just hopefully somebody can get the the ball rolling. People talking about it, and you know, if you have any ideas oh, yeah. or or wanna um, do something, yeah, let me know. I'll, I'm more than willing to to help or do something or take some help i don't care because i really feel like something can happen something good can come from it so oh yeah for sure um, and uh, but also just like you guys came to the world and uh, and guys coming to viking trail and i think patrick went to new snow australia and shot a match that also gives us a lot of boost i mean i know it might sound silly but i mean it's just fun to measure yourself against something you've saw and, and, and know it's at the top of this game. And either you get a aha moment that you do, oh shit, I'm way behind, or oh, I can do this. If I just, you know, work a little bit on this, on this, I'm right there, you know. So it's, I mean, also, that's also the reason why we're working so hard on this pro series here. My guys are, there's already a lot of interest. So we're going to try to get guys to, you know, tour over Europe, put the, maybe a couple of matches together, week, you know, one weekend after another. So guys can make more of the trip and stuff. So it's gonna be. It's also just to you know get guys talking and you know seeing we're all the same basically. So yeah, um, cool. He's from uh, Dagestan. I remember. Say what? Dagestan. Khabib's from Dagestan or something like that. Oh, okay. For sure. Oh, you're right. I know what you're talking about, and I can't. That, but that's yeah. in Russia. Yeah. Yep. So you're right. Just popped up. Sorry. <laughs> no, I I know what you're talking about. Yep. Um. Yeah. South. It's like south. Uh, southwest Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yep. Anyways. Um. So. Real quick. Be. I mean. I know. I know. Over in in. Uh, Europe, you know a lot of new guys, um, people that are a little younger in the game, um, and you see things that maybe they could do to be better and stuff, and I always like to try to hopefully, at some point in the episode, give people something as far as, like, information-wise. So, what's, uh, what's one thing that you think that people would benefit from, like, as far as advice? Oh, that's probably different for people to people, but, but uh, person to person. But for me, I really like uh, mass recaps. Okay. Uh, for me, I mean, I, I can, I can, I mean, if I hear you talking about you, uh, 
having issues with that or you're ha- you're happy to do that. Just like Chris Kitalik uh, said, you know, he had to train a little bit more tripod because he knew his weakness. I mean, cause stuff like that helps you think a little bit outside the box you're maybe in. So, yeah. so I really like those. I mean, you've done a lot of good. I mean, your podcast has a lot of guys over here. I can tell you that for sure. So thank you for that. A lot of guys uh, changed methods and thinking about, you know, both trades and stuff like that. Like we've talked about a couple of times, me and you. That's really good. And then you're just open. You just say the, the way it is and stuff. We, we know a lot of guys who listen to your stuff. So that's really good. But I know like uh, Chad and friends that they don't want to do match recaps. But I, I, I like those. Both when VP did those and John and those guys. Because there's always, you know, some of it just, you know, rambling or whatever. But it's still some nuggets you get. That you can implement yourself out about itself about a gear, you know. Okay, maybe I should actually have the Harris pipe or in my bag because they had to use it there. So I might at one match have to use it myself or, you know, back up this or whatever, you know. So I like or just the stage, you know, what you did wrong or right or how do you get back from a groove? You know, you had a bad stage. What did you do? So all kinds of stuff that helps me at least. But I don't know. I can't talk for everyone, but for me, I like those a lot. So okay, so you shot the finale and uh, in, in there. Yep. Not to do like a like a quick one, but so in there, what was your favorite stage at the finale? Oh, favorite stage. Uh, a favorite stage that did good that was the white truck where we shot the hood, the bat and the hood. But one oh, of yeah. the best stages of the match uh, was the oil pump. That was really cool. The which there one? There was a lot of freedom there where he shot. You know, oh, the oil, oil pump. pump. Yeah, the oil where, pump. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, George was the role there. I thought yep. that was a cool stage. Yep. Um, I like all the big rocks. I thought they were fun. So yeah, it was a uh, yeah. But uh, the oil rig was pretty cool. I, li- I like positional stuff. I don't like a lot of the bipod stuff. Uh, I shot S class for many years, so I'm done with the bipod stuff. I just want to shoot positional. <laughs> but I mean, most of the stages were really good, in my opinion. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. No, I I agree. I liked all those stages. They were good stages. Uh, he yeah. does a he does a good job. I mean, I I like troop lines myself. Um, and you can you know you can do a troop line off of rocks, right? Like you don't have to do the troop yeah, line yeah. on a, on a dang park bench that you can that you can pretty much get modified prone on. But that being said, it's not doesn't it doesn't change the difficulty much whether or not you're shooting off of a rock or if you're shooting off of a, a bench. I don't think. Like a troop line off the off the rocks and what was this stage nine, uh, yeah. and second to last stage that would have been perfect. They were super stable and good position, you know, wide the contact with the gun and everything. So that would have been perfect, you know. Not worse than the bench with where Tate was. It was been uh, same yeah. thing basically. So yeah, it not much difference. You could have ran that with a bag off of that bench and and, and shot the same score. Oh yeah, so For sure. It's not like it was. Yeah. What was your favorite stage? <sighs> Uh man, that's a good question. Cause I I like um Man, that bulldozer is a good stage. Oh, that was a cool stage as well, yeah. That's a real good stage. Actually. Um yeah. the other one that was good is that uh bear where you have the 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 huge bear that's way the heck out there. Is that the is that the car? Yeah, that was the car you lay down yeah, in. Yeah, the towel. Yeah, yeah, you crawled into a towel. Yeah. Yeah, that that uh, that's a cool stage where you shoot out of the van. So yeah, that stage, um, and then you know the Oki troop line's always good, but so oh, is the one cool. before. It was it. also ex- 
extreme uh, with Tate. There was extreme uh, ankle change as well. And I showed that in the afternoon on Sunday, there was a lot of different winds. I was in wheel and a half one way and then the middle and a half the other way in the other direction and then zero in the middle. So it was pretty wild. It was pretty cool. And you learn a lot and you challenge yourself. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are like, what are you guys talking about? But basically, Tate stage was this huge pan stage, you know, probably, oh, probably 40 degree pan, fifth, maybe, no, it might have been, it's close, maybe it was 60 degree pan from target probably one. Probably 60, yeah. Yeah, 60, from, yep. from target one to target five, and you shot, and so, the, and, and they were all different distances. Um, for, you know, target one was like not the closest one. I think target three or four was the closest target. Yeah, yeah. And yep. so, you know, the, it, it it varied in range and wind angle, and there was just enough wind to where, like you say, one, you're holding a bunch left to right, and then the, all the way to the other side, you're holding a little bit of right to left. So it was just, yep. it was different. And to keep track of all that and to know, you know, you're having to watch Mirage on the clock and all that type of stuff to really stay on it. And it's, you know, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. Nope. No. Definitely not easy, but a really cool stage. So, yep. Um, so going into it, what's uh, what's uh, just one takeaway that you learned coming over here to the finale? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I had three major issues for myself. I dropped sixty points. Twenty ish were for the wind. Okay. I, I didn't just see. What, I didn't understand it. Twenty were just bad shooting. I was shooting too fast after I closed the ball and all kinds of stuff. You know, when I wasn't stable, just jitters and stuff. Yep. It is what it is. And then at twenty was because my gun sped up like sixty feet or something, probably seventy. Uh, we work in meters over here, and uh, actually the squad helped me figure that out. And, uh, and Ted Hoker lent me his Garmin, and that's when I found out it was probably fifty-five or sixty feet up. So there was, oh, your winch was perfect, but you were over. I was like, wow, okay. So I, I increased it in the castro a little bit, but then I measured in the stage after it did a little bit better. And then I measured on the truck bed, you know, that Oki troop where we shot next to each other. Mm-hmm. Then I saw it was still, still like 25, 30 feet above that even, what I adjusted. And after that, I finished the day stronger. So it was like, and when you start missing at my level, you you it's worse than for you guys, you know, you you... It takes you a little bit longer to recap and get back, you know, so it, it cost me quite a few points, you know, uh, figuring out stuff. So uh, for me, it's the biggest thing I do is go too fast. I need to slow down. Uh, and then I need to figure out why my gun's better because it, it was clean. It was, uh, I did clean it. I did watch the chamber. I had, you know, even on day two, it did the same thing. So I think my powder just grew because we started at like, what was it, 30 Fahrenheit and ended up at like, you know, 75 or whatever. Yeah. So I think it just reacted badly to that, but I'm not sure. So I need to figure that out. That's a, that's a technical issue. Then shooting issue, just need to, just need to uh, fix a couple of stuff. And then, then, then the, then the wind is just shooting more. So. Gotcha. Well, um, Mm. yeah, that's, that's definitely some, something good to take away from it. Cause yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I I probably take it for granted because a lot of times, you know, like I'll have a barrel speed up or something and, you know, I miss one or two shots and then I'm pissed. So, but, but I know it's easy for me to be like, oh yeah, um, I I do that. And then, but then I throw a chronograph on and do something. 
um, mid state or midday to just kind of figure it out. Oh, well, what I've been doing yeah. recently with the Garmin is just throwing it on, um, stages like quite a bit yeah, running it during stages. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's awesome. Yeah. Which yeah. shout out to Garmin. Cause those things are, I think, well, I, I, I think they're going to take over honestly the game. Like <laughs> it's, it's unreal. <laughs> You know, there's been some other products like it that have that have been great, but not quite as good. Um, you yeah. know, the usability hasn't been there, and these are cheaper. You know, like they're putting something yeah. a better product out for almost the same price as you can get a V3, um, and cheaper, I think, than you can get a a uh, uh, lab radar or the same price. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, so. and they're so compact. It's like a GoPro camera or something. You can get it in your pocket, even it's wide. So I know uh, I just leave cool. it in my backpack anymore. I don't even know what's there. It's just it's just the thing that's oh, yeah. in my backpack. Yep. It's great. It's just part of the gear now. Part yeah. of everything. Yeah, I mean, mm. which is it's I hope, cool. I hope Garmin. Yeah, it's really cool, and I hope Garmin sees it as a bigger opportunity to even you know see the do more stuff. You know, there are probably products out there. You know, none of us have thought about it could be either more, you know, better or different or just something completely new. And when they see the, how much they've sold to this in quick in a short amount of time, I mean, it should be interesting for them to, you know, listen to other people who have ideas. You know, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. Yeah, this is one of the most, uh, there are a few things that come along like that, that really get people excited. Um, and the Garmin is one of them. Uh, you know, like, yep. they, like I think about like things that changed the game in my opinion, um, or that really made a big splash. I, I, and there haven't been a lot of those. I mean, you have the brand build, you can argue with that made change a lot. And then you have the, you know, the brand builds with ascended and then now the garments. So, I mean, yep. Everything has been coming gradually better. You know, all the chassis and all the bullets and all the stuff, you know, everything is coming Oh yeah, but nothing with this big of a splash for a while, actually. So it's been a it's been a while. Like like uh, I would put it close to the same level as like the the Armageddon gear game changer. Like yep. that yep. bag right there. Like if you guys don't know about that bag, which I think almost everybody has to. Um, the only people I'm talking to in this maybe would be from some other countries. Um, I mean that that bag is unbelievable. Um, the Especially the the schmedium uh, with heavy fill, like that bag right there, uh, it's pretty much unbe- unbeatable. Uh, there's some other companies that try to do similar, but uh, when it comes to stability and stuff, like that bag is awesome. Well, when it came out, there was a guy Jake Vibbert um, who, when he got it, he went he he like won five matches in a row or something like that. He just all of a sudden just went on a tear because Tom called him up and said, "Hey, you want to try?" Or not Tom, but whoever I can't remember, Reezer, I think is the guy's name. Um, mm-hmm. that called him was like, "Hey, you want to try this? This is my game changer." And he's like, "Yeah, I think I'm sure. I'm sure in his mind he was rolling his eyes like, yeah, game changer.' Yeah, so everybody wants to call their stuff <laughs> stuff, and then he gets yeah. it and he's like, "Holy crap!" And then takes it and goes on this tear. <laughs> That where everybody felt like they had to get that bag now because it was, it was a literal game changer. You know, um, mm. this one might not change your points near as much, but 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 as far as like having and using a chronograph and making a chronograph more accessible um, 
to be used, you know, all the time during matches, um, you know, in practice, whatever, and just be able to throw it on there and track more rounds. That's pretty much yep. this. This is the game changer in that in that sense. Oh, for sure. Yep. Um, but does it handle being on the gun, or will it get ruined? I talked no. to Chad about that. He was Chad Hackler. He was like, "I don't care. I'm going to use on the gun if it breaks, it breaks." But they do say in the owners' manual you're not supposed to mount on the gun. But what do you think? Have you talked to somebody about that? Never talked to anybody about it, but I sure have used it on my gun a lot. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I've been just discussing on the user forum on Facebook that some people don't and some some people do. But for you guys, it's probably not a big deal. But for us, it is even sold, sold in Europe. Chat uh, Hackler hooked me up with one at the finale, so I'm pretty grateful for that. But for me, if it breaks, it's going to be a lot of you know headaches. But I mean, yeah, I didn't even think about it. About it. Because I've never read the owner's manual because the one I got didn't have an owner's <laughs> manual. <laughs> uh, I, I might have got it emailed to me. I don't know. But it came in an unmarked box, you know, in like June or July or something. Um, uh-huh. So I've had it for quite a while. Um, just trying it out and using it. And and uh, they were like, you know, give us feedback. And I was like, Okay. And then I got it, and there was no feedback to give. It was just amazing. Like I just was like, "Wow, amazing, yeah. this is this is great." Do this a lot of it. Make a lot yep. of them. It's great. And I yep. think that's kind of what everybody, um, like like every concern I had with it, because I was like, "Oh yeah," and you have these concerns, and then pretty soon it's just like, "Wow, I jerry rigged my amount for it before." Um, the 419's mount came out. Now I have a 419 mount because, um, yeah, Craig, shout out to Craig. He got a hold of me. He's like, you need to try one of these mounts. And I was like, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a hold of I got a hold of one of those. And that, that 419 mount is awesome. So I really think, yeah. um, like, I don't know. I think Garmin maybe, if, if it's not supposed to be mounted on there, and there's some sort of design flaw that needs to be worked out to make sure that it's good to go on a gun, or maybe they just didn't test it. Um, well, that's you know. what I'm thinking. Yeah, so maybe because some guys we'll test in a video they threw it in the ground or something and test, you know, torture tested and stuff. So it looks like it can handle the yeah, beating, been... but like we know, gun is a lot of force. It's a quick uh, width force, you know. So it might be something. Yeah, I don't know, but. Yeah, it's been shock tested quite a bit. I know. I I don't even I don't have a case for it. So my gosh, I just I just chuck it in my Pelican uh, Air <laughs> suitcase everywhere I go, and it rattles around in there, and I pull it out and use it. So so the airport dudes have been testing mine for a while, along with my recoil of my rifle. You know, so <laughs> it, it's it's airport proof. That means something. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. If you ever want to we get sick, at, uh, watch those guys with your rifles on the tarmac. Oh, yeah. When we were at the uh, Chicago airport with our guns coming to the finale. Yeah. Sindra's case fell on the side. And the guy who tried to lift it, he was so pissed it was so heavy. He took the other two guns that were allowed and stepped, uh, stepped on top of Sindra's gun and walked over it to get out of the elevator. It was like, dude, bro, seriously, what are you up to? It was standing on top of the case in the airport. It was like, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, don't watch them. Don't watch them. Don't watch them. It's terrible. It will make you (laughs) sick. That's why I I watched it the first few times and was just like, wow. Because they just like, 
they picked up your gun case and they just chuck it. And it's like, whoops. Like, like things that you would never dream of doing to your gun <laughs> happen to your gun there. So it's crazy. It's wild. <laughs> it's Western. It's just don't watch. It's not worth it. So, yeah. I agree. Um, but, yeah, so as far as, like, gear goes, you know, since we're on the gear topic, is there – what is it – what – what uh, is there anything you need to – to tell, talk about, give some shout outs too before we go. No, I've been, I've been, uh, have some support from MD for a couple of years and I, we bet, I should we bet. They're awesome guys. Okay. Uh, I'm on the Leopold Pro team as well. So thanks, Nick, for that. It's pretty cool representing them over in Europe. Yep. And, um, and then Lone Peak, uh, Mike and Brian also, uh, we're, we're going to sell their actions in Norway. Sold a bunch already, just waiting on them to get over here. So it's pretty cool. There, I love their action. Um, shooting defiance before, and um, and they're really good as well. But uh, the long peak is just a little bit different in the field. So I really like that, and the DLC coating, also, of course, or the nitrate is awesome. Yep. So and, and Hornady, I shoot Hornady bullets and get us maybe import them as well. So I get a support there. So it's pretty good. No. It's just a little bit easier to travel around and shoot matches. I know I'm lucky there. So. Well, that's awesome. I, yeah, mm. all good stuff. Um, yeah, I I think it's really cool to see um, the differences in our gear, but the way that we're out, we're all still able to compete uh, and be competitive. Um, even though, I mean, the core of our guns are pretty much the same, but you know, there's a few differences here and there. And yeah, all good companies that support our game. So, um, yeah. Oh yeah, we see more and more. We see MPAs now. We see a lot of foundations and you know some XLRs and a lot of MTT. Of course, they've been strong in Europe for a while. Uh, the custom actions have been slow in Europe because of all the paperwork and stuff. But they're getting more and more now. So, <coughs> excuse me. And uh, and of course the bullets and you know guys are shooting GTs now and all that stuff. So it's it's. Uh, yeah, we're like I say, we're like uh, your little brother, just copying everything you do, you know. So, <laughs> but it works. So why why try to reinvent the wheel? There are some cool European companies coming up, like back uh, uh, back some feeding called Zenger and all kinds of stuff. So it's, I mean, they're good companies. But the same spirit, like the U.S. guys, you know, they want to support the community and they travel around shooting. I mean, it's the same stuff, you know, same mentality, same good guys, just European. So that's also really cool that it spawned, you know, opportunities for guys in Europe to to uh support it as well so it just i just love this sport yeah it's a great sport so yeah i think with that uh that pretty much we can wrap it up there but i i sure appreciate you taking the time to come on and uh talk to people about what's going on internationally and hopefully get some excitement going i love being on the first podcast ever so thank you it's really fun and if guys want to reach out, I mean, my email is runer at precisionrifleseries.com. So guys can just send me an email if they're wondering. I got an email from a guy from the U.S. who's about to move to one of the Scandinavian countries, and he was just asking about the laws and stuff. So just reach out. I'll answer when I have time and, and uh, get back to you. Just, you know, I'd love to help guys. So reach yeah. out if, if there's anything I can do. I know there's a, a bunch of people from a lot of different countries that, that listen in, and so... If you if you're from a country that it doesn't have the precision rifle series um, in your country, and you want to get a hold of Runar. Um, what was it again? Runar at precisionrifleseries.com. Yeah, 
Just okay. straightforward. Okay. Um, get a hold of Runar and talk to him if you want. If you want to get some uh, matches and you want to you want to get the PRS in your country, um, go ahead and get a hold of Runar because I mean this is a big deal. It's it's awesome to be able to see our sport grow and um, I mean if you're taking the time to listen to this podcast, I'm assuming that you probably like to shoot guns more than maybe the average feller. So it's all right. Probably. There's more people just like you. It's all right. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you. Just enjoy it. Yes. You embrace it. You are not the weird embrace one. Embrace it. Nope. Yep. You all have the same uh, same uh, illness, so just embrace it. Yeah, it's a great illness to have. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's way better than being addicted to drugs, you know. Being addicted to guns is great. Oh, yeah. So. Well, really quickly before we leave, I mean, I, I had a long talk with Greg, Greg Bell about different stuff. Like oh, yeah. Saying, a farmer from Arkansas. And a gunsmith in Norway can chat for an hour on a Saturday evening about the sport. I mean, he just describes it in a nutshell, like we are doing now. I mean, it's just so cool how many people you just get out and shoot and get to know people and ask and introduce yourself. And if you see me at a match, please come up and talk to me. I love talking to everyone and, and help if you can and whatever. So just, just reach out. It's just fun. Yeah, I share the same sentiments, you know. I, I like talking to people. I got the gift of gab and so... I I totally agree. This is a great game. It's brought a lot of people together from all over the place. Uh, you know, that's the reason why I'm on the phone with a guy from from Norway right now. You know, we have no business talking to each other outside of this, and <laughs> and here we are. You know, same yeah, deal. Yep. It's awesome. It's crazy. It's so it's so cool. The connections yeah. you make yep. in the game. So, thank you for oh, yeah. coming on. You always want more, right? You always want the next match next happening or this you know you always want more so it's pretty good yeah love it that's that's the way of life more and more and more and more mm. but it's awesome <laughs> it's awesome so right on well with that we'll uh we'll wrap this up but thanks for coming on and thanks for listening guys and we'll talk at you later